Another week in the books. This is your host, Rob Morris. You're listening to the Rims Nest Podcast, episode 11. Um, we got a packed show, but we're going to try to keep it within uh, about a half an hour. Because uh, I'm still feeling under the weather because I'm just trying to get a uh, get a handle on this cold. But like I said, I've literally had like a sore throat for like two weeks. First, it started out with allergies, and now it's like a sore throat slash cold. So now it's like a full-fledged cold. So just I just came from the clinic just uh, not too long ago, and they said uh, I had, you know, had a swept open infection. So been trying to just try to get be consistent and try to put out a show every single week. And I know this this show came out really late. I mean, right now I'm recording it Saturday morning, recording this show. So it's definitely taking me almost a whole week and a half to get the full episode in. But I had to get it in because it's going to be a busy upcoming weeks. You have the draft coming up next week. Um, that's going to be a huge show. Uh, hopefully I can get make it a little bit more, you know, special you know maybe go maybe a little bit over an hour or whatever or maybe i can find um you know extras to the show hint hint extras to the show but we'll have to see what happens with that um but yeah like the warriors and raptors um the nba finals just concluded um the raptors um had an unbelievable game six and ended up winning it to wrap up the series. Um, There's a lot of lot of storylines, um, a lot of storylines throughout the game that happened. Clay Thompson ended up getting hurt, torn his ACL from a dunk attempt. He landed really, uh, really awkwardly on his on his I believe his right leg, and it, it just it just he landed awkwardly and it just you know he probably heard a heard a tear or whatever or a crack or whatever it didn't look good on the replay you could tell it was something wrong you know they came up came down weird and and lame and and end up you know um end up torn his ACL so that's a huge that was a huge loss and then obviously you know about the rant injury so that was Probably all she wrote for the Warriors, you know. I understand it. when it comes down to down to the end of the season, it's going to come down to war of nutrition. You know, usually this, this comes down to survival of the fittest, and the Raptors were the deeper team, and they had you know they had more options to go to on offense, and obviously they were a great defensive team as well. So that it came down to that. I mean, Kawhi Leonard, even though Kawhi Leonard had a nice uh, playoff run. Yeah, I was a little bit over 30. His NBA Finals wasn't, wasn't all that special. You know, of course he made clutch shots. Of course he made timely shots. But he he uh, his teammates definitely showed up big time for him. You know, February and Fleet had a huge uh, series. Pasco Sakiam had a huge series. Kawhi Leonard was big. I mean, he was he came through um, in, in very clutch and timely moments, made a bunch of clutch, particularly in, the, in that first quarter, Kawhi, I mean, Kyle Lowry ended up having 
um, I believe was like the first 12 points from the Raptors. So, I mean, I mean, he definitely came in wanting to set the tone, you know. And I said at the beginning of the series, I was like, all right, whoever wins that matchup between Kyle Lowry and Steph Curry, that could be a matchup that could, you know, give the Raptors an advantage. And it looks like Lowry is wild. Um, Let's say Lowry is not, if he hasn't really made the matchup even, he's probably won that matchup. Because he's had a, a but he's had a few twenty point games in the finals and it's it's been huge, you know. They, you just have a lot more depth, you know, with Gasol and and the bench pieces. Abaka had a huge series as well defensively, and you know contributed you know on pick and roll, um, pick and roll uh, uh, dishes from Lowry and company and, and Van Fleet, and it just. They just was destroying that Warriors defense. I mean, they, they, Warriors defense, you know, just could not stop, you know, what the Raptors were doing in every game. It just it was it was a new guy coming through, stepping up every game. I think they had they have, uh, they had five players that averaged um, double figures. So that's that's a balance for you. You come when you have a team that's balanced like that. You don't know who's gonna really have a hot hand. It could be very tough to stop defensively. So the Raptors were definitely able to do that in a multitude of ways, and it benefited them significantly. It wasn't just all, you know, Kawhi. It was just it was a team effort, and the better team won today, you know. <coughs> Excuse me. But uh, so, the, yeah, the better team won, and, you know, we have to see how – you know, these these season-ending injuries are going to affect the Warriors next season, you know. You know, and, of course, Klay Thompson and Kevin Durant are free agents as well this year, so this offseason. So, you know, who's going to, you know, are teams still willing to give these guys max contracts? I mean, rumors say that, you know, it doesn't really matter with Durant. Uh, teams are still going to pony up to give him a max contract. And, I mean, as the, I feel like they should, you know, I mean, this guy's a all-world player. He's a, you know, top two player in this league, if not maybe a number one player in this league. You know, LeBron is obviously fanning away with age, so there has to be a new guy that's going to be number one. I feel like Durant and possibly Greek Freak and company, and maybe Kawhi. You can put his name out there as well as probably the top dogs. You know, the top the top players in the entire world. You know, those it comes down to those three players. So, so if you have a guy like that, of course you're gonna give him a max contract. You're gonna you're gonna roll the dice, especially if you have a team that's been in mediocrity and been bad for a lot of years, which is hint hint Knicks. You have to you have to go for that. You know what I'm saying? Like you're not gonna get any better opportunity than getting a top five player. Even if he's getting up in age, even if he's coming off of Achilles injury, you you have to, you know. And it's not like you're trading away; you're giving up pieces for him. You're getting him. You all you all you're using is money to get him, and you still have your team. You know, still have your young core as well. I mean, you have to go for that. You have to go for that. I mean, obviously it was surprising that they uh, they uh, traded away Porzingis, but. It, I guess it opens things up for a potential Durant, you know, signing. And who knows what they're going to get with the uh, number three pick, whether it's Barrett or John Morant. 
to match him up with Durant. You got just you got something right there, you know, very promising. So, so like I said, congratulations to the Raptors for you know shocking the world and beating the the defending champs. You know, and possibly getting a three peat. Um, like I said, I, I felt like the injuries definitely made it. I don't care what anybody says. The injuries made a was a huge factor in that series. You know, because there's a few guys that got hurt. It wasn't just Thompson and um, and Durant. It was also Kalan Mooney as well, which Kalan Mooney's a very good role player for them. He had like uh, broken ribs, I believe, so or partial broke broken ribs. So it's like it's a lot of, and then obviously you go Dollar at times has been hurt. You know, he hasn't been hundred percent. But no excuses. I feel like, <coughs> excuse me, the better team won, and and that was the Raptors. So, got to give them props, you know. And we we'll have to see what it will be next year. It's probably going to be wide open next year. Now that we see, you know, now that we know that, you know, the Warriors may not be the top dog coming into next season, it's going to be really wide open. We really don't know who's going to really win. Um, I heard on the other day that Vegas always has projections for next year. They project the Milwaukee Bucks to be there as, you know, to be the last team standing. Um, so that's a good pick, you know, probably the Bucks and a few other, you know, the East is going to be wide open, you know, and obviously the West is going to be wide open. So we have to see how it all plays out. You know, the off season will definitely tell a lot with that, which, uh, which players will switch teams and, you know how will the where the, will the draft picks go in the upcoming draft in, uh, next week? So that all comes into play. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm yeah. I'm sorry. Apologize. I'm coughing all over the coughing right now. And, but uh, just like I said, I had to fit this in. Um, yeah, like I said I'm very consistent, and I just want to get everything in because it's definitely a lot going on um also i forgot to mention um ncaa uh we haven't had a lot of ncaa news in a, in a while since the tournament ended it's been kind of quiet in that front so it's, it's, this is pretty big news because this will shape out the teams and the rosters you know in, you know in the college level well basically i'm going to be covering d1 college basketball you know, basically your local schools in the area, you know, that are in the New England region. So, you know, these will affect those teams. These uh, these transfers listings will affect those teams, you know, in the local area. So I'm going to name down a few. I mean, it's a long list, but I probably picked out a few guys that, you know, locally will impact the local teams in the area. So... Let's uh, let's get it started, and then we'll probably do that, and then we'll wrap up it with a, probably a few high school notes in the second segment. But but we have a few minutes to get into. Let's uh, let's get it started, and then we'll finish the rest of it in the second segment. All right. So the first name that really stuck out is probably a really prominent name that you know that could make a huge difference. Um. Of course, we found the list. It's a it's a it's a um, list that probably you know list from 
probably the best player to the worst player. So I'm just going to go from best to worst in that order. So we'll start. Um, so guard, Lawan Pimpkins. Um, he played for UMass this year. He's going to be transferring to Providence. So that's a huge gift for Ed Cooley um, in his Providence squad. I think, Pro I think Pro like I said, after Harvard, um, I've, I like I like Providence as like a team that's probably a dominant or a predominant team in the region. That is very you know, it's definitely um, up and coming as well as you know Harvard and company. I think I think they're a little bit better than BC. I was I remember like in a previous uh, podcast or episode I said like oh BC is probably the uh, the second team. No, I lied. I think. I feel like it's Providence that is definitely a better program than the B than BC, just because I feel like uh, they did go they did go to the tournament I believe either this year or last year, I mean uh, the previous year excuse me like they could have they definitely um, have shown you know you know consistency particularly with their recruiting. Uh, Ed Cooley's done a great job of recruiting um, a lot of like marquee players into that program, and I just see a lot of growth with them. And um, but like I said, let's take a look at some of the stats from Lawan Pimpkins. Um, he averaged 16 points a game, 5.2 assists per game. Um, look at the footage from him. He has he's, he's I haven't seen a lot of UMass games this year, but uh, look at some of the footage from him. The other day, he's a dynamic scorer. Um, he's has I would say he has great. I don't say he's a world class athlete, but he's a he has adequate quickness and has a good you know first step and burst. So I mean, he's a very strong shooter. He uses his uses his shooting um, to really get people to bite you know on pump fakes or whatever, so he can get into the lane. Use you know hesitation moves and pull up pull ups or runners to get into the lane. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so he definitely is like I said, he's definitely on on this list one of the better players. Just for that reason, he's one of the more dynamic scorers on that list. And of course, the, uh, these transfers. I mean, there's two sets of transfers. Um, two sets of list of transfers. Uh, this first list is basically uh, you. You, uh, you immediately will be able to play next year, like this upcoming season, and then I will get into the list in the next segment about the um, about the um, the the transfers in the um, 2020 season that will be available at the skip a year and sit out a year, and then they'll be available the following year after they sit out a year. But right now, this is the list of the actual, the immediately, the immediate, the immediate transfers for this, this upcoming season. So Luan Pimpkins uh, will apply to that, does apply to that list. So he'll be immediately available for Providence in this upcoming year. So that's a huge get for Ed Cooley, and as he continues to grow that program, um, the next player. Um, is Darnell Gresham? He's a guard. Um, like I said, he played. 
He played for uh, Northeastern this year, and he's heading to Georgia. Um, this guy, you know, has pretty good size and girth. He's 6'1", 203. So he's definitely, you know, uh, very uh, strong, uh, strong built. So he can kind of, you know, be like a bowling ball out there. With, you know, obviously, he's a little bit shorter with that with with that weight. So he can kind of use his body to to you know to push you know smaller guys around. Um, but he's mostly known as a spot up shooter. And most of his footage, he definitely was spotting up. But he has very good rebounding numbers. He's four has four point nine rebounds per game. That's pretty damn good for a guard. And then you have, he's a good spot-up shooter, like I said, and he is a straight-line driver. I wouldn't say he has the, he doesn't have the quickest first step, but he can, he can, he can use, you know, his jump shot to attack closeouts and get into the lane that way. That's where most of his offense comes from. He's kind of a secondary player, plays plays well off of other other good players or. You know, probably your lead guys. He plays well as like a in a role player type of role, or like a bench piece. I think that's what he'll be at Georgia. Like I said, I'm just trying to get through this. Hopefully, I can get a half an hour into this. But uh, we're gonna take a break and get into the second segment. We'll finish this list uh, when we come back. You listen to the Residence Podcast. Uh, this is your host, Rob Morris. I'll be right back.